Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. Gotta love it. Aerosmith puts you in the best mood. It really is my song for the Democrats. Dream on, dream on. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last week. We had amazing shows last week. Everything you can want in a program, incredible dialogue, unbelievable, unbelievable rhythm and flow, a perfect guest. Uh, so smooth. Um, uh, just the chemistry is just undeniable. Uh, the way we mesh, the way we collaborate, it's quite something. And I'm loving every second of it. First and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my audience, my co-hosts and sponsors. Uh, the show is listed to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, I, um, I'll tell you what, uh, we have had quite the week so far. I hope wherever you are, uh, it's going accordingly. Um, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope, um, you know, that was productive. That was fun. I hope you got a lot done. The holiday season is here. Christmas is here. Uh, everybody is getting in the spirit as best as they can, I guess, uh, considering the circumstances. So, um, you know, th- that's where we are with that. Um, God, but uh, what, uh, what a um, – you know, just, just in terms of, like, um, headlines tonight, I, this is one of the busiest shows I think we're going to have, uh, you know, before, before the end of the year. Um, I, I want to obviously get into all, all about this stimulus stuff, um, all this nonsense, everything that went on today and in the last couple days. Uh, but tonight's show is a big one. Uh, we have U.S. congressional candidate from New York, George Santos, coming on the program. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Maryland, Tim Faisenbaker, coming on. We have Second Amendment expert and best-selling author Dan Watts joining us. We'll be having popular talk show host Diana Ploss, uh, presidential historian James Lumley, uh, political operative and strategist Corey Jones, popular columnist Scott Moorfield, uh, retired NYPD cop and popular lawyer Joe Murray, NC State candidate and retired cop Rick Paget, popular photographer Barry Morgenstein, um, and many, many more. Um, this is going to be a loaded all-star lineup. Um, but, guys, um, I just want to say, um, as I did the other day, um, three years on the air with you guys, what an honor. What an honor. Um, you know, as everybody knows, we celebrated – uh, the anniversary uh, last week, and I, I can't even believe it's it's gone this fast. I mean, look at everything we've had to endure, put up with, um, you know, talk about over these past three years, you know, bullshit after bullshit with all these Democrat witch hunts and 
all these interrogation tactics with Trump. Um, I don't think I've ever seen, uh, you know, a, a, a news headline so so polarizing or, or so you know hostile and so all over the place and out of control. You know, in in all in all my years of living, you know, it's for journalists. I, I think these last couple of years have been something like obviously we've never seen before. You know, it opens a whole nother realm, a whole nother door uh, to this industry. That's for damn sure. You know, this is a, this is a new life we are living in. Uh, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Uh, we have U.S. congressional candidate um, from Maryland, uh, Tim Faisenbaker. Tim, how are you? Hey, Rory. I'm doing well. Uh, just living through some chaotic times, and we're going through it together. So everybody just buckle up because we don't know what's about to happen. So. Yeah, and I'll say – I'll say, you know, and I keep, I keep questioning and wondering what is the new normal? You know, what is, where are we, where are we going? Um, you know, what, what is going to be, <laughs> I mean, just the, the scene outside in a few months, you know, yeah. we don't have the answers. So, yeah. There's a so lot of, say- there's a lot of mystery here. A lot of mystery. Yep. So congratulations on three years. That, that means a lot in the, in the media world, um, you know, showing, showing consistency and, and credibility, that, that's important. And that's what a lot of people look for and have been looking for. And that's why a lot of alternative media sources have become so, so uh, viable because the mainstream media became propaganda. So that means something to be around, you know, for so long. Um, and, and we're seeing it now because we don't know what, What's really being, you know, what the truth really is? Because if you watch the 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 mainstream media, you're you're not hearing anything about the the possible outcomes for you know maybe Trump staying in office or what what might might happen. But when you really look at the possibilities, you know this could, you know, in just a few weeks, this could be complete chaos with what's going on in this country. Um, Either way, I think there's going to be big fallout you know do we but we need to decide do we have a fallout on the side of protecting the constitution and our republic or do we or do we have a fallout where this country becomes socialist and almost fascist with a one-party rule you know with, with the democrats that we we never have a free and fair election again i think everybody needs to do whatever you can right now to make sure that we ensure you know our republic for 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 future generations because I, I'm scared that this could be the end of the America that we know it and you know it's 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 right around the corner and we're about to see what's going to unfold and, and a lot of people and I got to apologize my dog's next to me so if you hear my dog no whining, you're fine yeah um, a lot of people um, these politicians they're you see them jockeying for position to further their own careers and the people that get screwed the most are the everyday Americans. You know, they're not standing yeah. up for President Trump when President Trump stood up for them, you know, for years and, and they stood up for the American people. So, you know, they're jumping off the bandwagon or the, the, the old Trump idea of, of draining the swamp quickly. And you're seeing that they were fake the whole time. The politicians are fake news as well. And, you're seeing it also with what's going on with the 
crazy stimulus bill where you have gender studies in Pakistan getting more money than than you are in your house and your friends are in their house. You know, business owners and, and all kinds of people have lost their jobs and been out of work, and now we're you know, yeah. we're offered six hundred dollars. You know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. No, no, I I agree. And Tim, I want to Tim, I want to just go into one thing real quick. You're the first guy I'm going to. Give me a, give me two minutes, literally. I, I want to go into this whole yeah. details about this spending bill today. But um, yeah. Tim, you're at, you're ever. Tim is absolutely right, everybody. I you know I, I was going over. And, and by the way, everybody, this is episode 292. Uh, today's date is December 22nd. Um, I, I want I want to say though about this spending bill. This is out of control, ludicrous. Um, it's absurd. It goes to show what Washington has been getting away with for all these years behind our back. Um, we've just never really, um, you know, known about it this much in detail or, or gotten these much facts because we haven't had, you know, somebody like Donald Trump or somebody, you know, as powerful as him that, that's going to, uh, you know, tell us the truth and expose it. You know, all these other past presidents – what they did is they just signed off on it. I mean, what this does is it feeds these special interest groups. It does not do anything that benefits us. Look, look at where some of this money went. $26 million to the Kennedy Center, even though the Kennedy Center is not open. And you're telling me all that money is going to the Kennedy Center? I don't think so. There are so many ways and loopholes. They can twist this money around, you know, sort it, you know, put it in different accounts. I mean, there's so many tricks I mean, they've been doing this for all these years. They gave a billion dollars to the Smithsonian Museum, um, $154 million to National Art Gallery, um, National Art and Humanities, they gave $167 million. The w, the w. Wilson Center, they gave $14 million. To Egypt, yeah, now, now we're going into foreign countries. To Egypt, they gave $1.3, what is this? Holy shit, billion dollars to Egypt, 1.3 billion with a B. To Sudan, they gave 700 million. To Ukraine, they gave 40, 453 million. To Israel, they gave 500 million. To Nepal, they gave 130 million. To Burma, they gave 135 million. To Cambodia, they gave 85 million. 85 million. To Pakistan, they gave 25 million. To Asia, RIA, whatever the hell that is. Um, they gave $1.4 billion with a B. And guess how much they gave the American people? 600 bucks in our bank accounts. After all of this bullshit for not – I mean, these people have had months and months and months and months and months, and, and they've done nothing constructive. And the only reason they came up with something this week is because they want to go home, is because they're lazy. Because they, you know, they, they want to go break the rules that they set for us. They, these are the same people that say, you can't see your family. You can't do this. You have to have these limitations. These, fuck these people. The biggest hypocrites on the face of the earth. And you know what? And, and, and we really need to fix the mess in this system. And it's been going on. It's been built up for so, so long. And, you know, we can only do so much to fix the damage. Trump can only do so much. I mean, this is going to take years and years, but Trump has done a hell of, hell of a job of calling out a lot of this. I mean, just for an example, um, a few minutes ago, you know, he gave a fantastic speech 
put everything into perspective on live TV, um, said that 600 bucks is, is bullshit. Every American should get $2,000. And, uh, you know, he didn't need to do that. That just goes to show where his heart is, how much he cares. And I want to I see Democrats praise him for that. I want to see how the voters react to that. Are you going to still call him orange man bad, even though he's vouching, even though he's going to bat for you to get more money, and these swamp rats don't give a shit about you? Like, really? Like, I, he went on live TV, and, and you've got to admire and adore this man for his authenticity and how genuine he truly is. He goes on there, and he calls out every single flaw that is wrong with the legislation. You know, this is, this is an error. This is an error. This, this should not, you know, be on this, on this document. You know, we're not, we're not going to play this game. He always said America first. And does, ever, does, does everybody remember what he said a few years ago after he signed the omnibus bill? This is a few years ago. He said, never again. Never again will I sign a bill that I don't know, that I don't know everything that's in it. And you know what's tricky about these politicians? They gave out this 5,000-page document six hours before people were supposed to vote on it. How, how are you supposed to – I mean, imagine that. You have six hours until you vote, and you have to read 5,000 pages. This is how these politicians get their little secret interests, special interests, dirty donors in there, because all they got to do is a couple little sentences that people are going to overread or, you know, they're going to ignore or whatever, whatever, whatever. But this, this is, that's how the game is played. It's out of control. Um, Tim, going back to you. Yeah, it's, it's like, why can't we have a clean bill, first of all? So if, you know, if we really need a stimulus, then give everybody 2000 I mean, bucks, Tim, it's criminal. These bucks. politicians are putting yeah. money in these bills for their buddies overseas and for their donors exactly. at all these different institutes. It all benefits the politician. It doesn't benefit the American because – we're paying our taxes to go to these gender studies in Pakistan or whatever else, whatever other port they got in there. The American people have to understand, stand up now. This is the mountain. This is the fight we must take. We will never be able to fight again because we will be completely controlled by, by, by a one-party system that will basically erode the middle class. This is the time to stand up. You know, you need to understand that these politicians value themselves and their pet projects around the world or whatever they want to do so they get rich over you. So stand up now or you won't be able to stand up again. It's, it's got to stop. And, you know, I'm all for helping fellow, you know, legal Americans to get through the mess that you know, the, many of these politicians cause by shutting down everything. You know, so we we owe it to people to help them, but we're not helping them. We're hurting them by spending all this money on irrelevant just policies and things that are going on around the world. It's it's atrocious. The founding fathers would be rolling over in their graves if they saw what what we are allowing right now. And the only thing that can really stop it is you, the American people. You have to stand up now. It's true. It's true. And, you know, I mean, look at, look at everything else we have going on. I mean, we, it's just one thing after the other. I mean, I, you know, in, in regards to this whole stimulus plan, you know, just to kind of 
touch up on this and finish off on this whole um, scenario, I would hope that the $2,000 gets put in there because people have suffered enough, you know, and I mean, literally these, these politicians are going to try to pull the whole $600 crap. I mean, both sides of the aisle are livid right now. And even, even people like Ted Cruz voted against this bill. I mean, there's all these hardcore conservatives that voted against it. They're like, no freaking way. Yeah. It's, it's atrocious. And everybody just, this is now up to you. I mean, president Trump has fought for you. You know, many other libertarians, conservatives, you know, patriotic Americans have stood up. This is our time. We must stand up. You know, reminded me of this is our time. We need to do something. And if not, our future generations and our current generations are going to be under the foot of a left-wing controlling government that we would our, – our forefathers and our grandparents never would have wanted us to be under. These are the things they fought for so that we didn't have to live this way, and I'm afraid – that the will of the America of many Americans is not there. You know, there are many and there are millions of us that will you know, do what takes to save our nation. But is you know, is the heart of America gone so far now that that we won't stand up for for fixing and saving our country? That's the question that we're about to face in this in this next month. We're going to see what happens. You know, I, I pray that that millions of Americans, you know, do the right thing. And, and save our nation, and and I'm praying that the electors can, can also force something to happen. You know, on January 6th, yeah, it, it's something has to happen. You know, I have children. You know, many millions of you listeners and all that. But we have children. Think about what we're leaving for that generation. You know, right? All I can and, do right and, now. You know, and, and I'll tell you what, Tim, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, we have to do something on January 6th. Millions of us, millions of us have to get up to that capital. I mean, January 6th is going to be the single most important day of our life. And we all know how this is going to play out, how this is going to, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's all about Pence. It's all about, he, he has, he has, he, he makes the final, the final call. I mean, the cards are in his hands. Uh, we all know that he's going to go on the floor. He's either going to certify the Biden win. Or he's going to, you know, say this, this is an illegitimate election. So, uh, I mean, that day is, is I, I'm just getting anxiety leading up to it, you know, because I just want it to be here. And, and we need to really make a, our, our voices made. We need to make such a huge, um, um, you know, just, uh, just entrance and just a bunch of noise at the Capitol. And I think there's already people setting up a bunch of events, but I'll tell you what. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be interesting. I pray that the right thing happens. Again, we're going to find out what the fortitude of millions of Americans and and electors are in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, but because Pence is going to go, going to have to go on that floor in Congress, and we're going to have to see what the whole elector. I mean, we're going to see what. Where we stand. I mean, where they stand. How everybody. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be really. This is going to be really interesting. It, it's scary times that we're living in, and it's, it's going to be definitely in the history books. But to the victor go the spoils. So if the 
far left wins this, the story for and for future generations will be written with a favorable outcome for them, and that's not what we want to happen. And you know, uh, uh, Milton Friedman, I think, just passed. He said something that really inspired me. He was afraid. I thought this my whole life, like afraid that the history books, you know, 100, 200 years from now might look at the American ideal of of freedom in Western, you know, Western Europe as just being a blip of humanity. Because if we don't hold out here, humanity may never get the freedom that Western Europe and America experienced, you know, these past couple hundred years. And they might, and future generations might say that freedom is not what what humans really should have. So this, there's so much riding on what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Again, you know, I want to do my part and everybody, I hope you do your part and just, we got to do something. Time is now. If we don't do it now, it's over. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and, and here's what I keep wondering, you know, how, how does Pence, you know, being in, being in his position is a, is a real tough one. I mean, think about it. You know, if he, if he says it's illegitimate, then he's going to have the media after him. He's going to have everybody after him on the left. And then if he, if he gives it to Biden, all of us are going to call him a sellout, and we're going to be pissed at him for the rest of our lives. He, he's got – the one thing about Pence, and I've, I've met Vice President Pence you know, personally, I will say he is generally a – strong stand-up conservative person and he's principled and this is a this is a test for him um if history is correct you know and he what the way he's lived out his life and and his political career he would end up doing the right thing so you know being it's got to be tough to be the vice president for someone like donald trump um mike pence has been a great sidekick to that but this is a time where the history books really could write who Mike Pence really is. And he's done great things in his life. I mean, he's got plenty to be proud of. But I think, you know, being a vice president, someone like Donald Pence will overshadow what he's done. But this, this one decision could actually really make him a, uh, a, a notable figure for hundreds of years and, uh, you know, by what he does coming up. We're about to find out. Yeah, it, it's going to be, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and, and it makes me, I just don't want him to get bullied, you know, and that, that's, that's my worry, you know, you got all these swamp rats, you know, we, we thought, we thought Bill Barr was going to bring down the bad guys, we thought Bill Barr was going to do all these, you know, different amazing things for justice, but nothing happened, we, th- we thought the same with some of these other people that Trump appointed, but nothing happened, so you know, and a lot of them were compromised, but you know, by the deep state. I just hope that's not the case with, with vice president, um, because we know how DC works. Money talks. Yeah, it, it, I, we a lot of us talk about we need fresh blood, and what that means is not just recycling. Even if even if somebody is you know has a good record like you know Barr, not just recycling them and putting them in a, in, a, in a position here and there, moving them around. Because they do become part of the swamp, whether they realize it happening or not. You know, that's why term limits are so important um, because yep. people yep. build. It should you know, not be a career. Politics should not be a career. Correct. 
You know, you may, maybe you don't just build, you know, monetary wealth, but you build you know, a power wealth, and you build these connections, and you don't want to you don't want to let down your buddies and your friends, and you know, your your children. You know, you can do things that benefit them in in Washington to hurt the American people. So to make it easy, take out that 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 possibility for these people by not letting them become entrenched bureaucrats, not letting them continue to be elected over and over or or just selected in, in, in certain positions. I mean, I, I, for a lot of the conservatives and constitutionalists that will always say, like, well, voting is a way of term limits, I, I understand that. But we did pass uh, legislation to basically say that the president has a, a two-term limit. If we can do it for that, we should be doing it for all the positions and now we're seeing it's now we're seeing the negative side to not passing term limits and trying to drain these swamps in, in prior generations and now it's all coming to apex right now and we need to stop it and you know, we're about to find out what's going to happen and and you know what the you know what the biggest problem is is that people look at these politicians like they're celebrities like they idolize them and i think that's a real problem and one of the main issues why there's no term limits i mean they just want to keep putting these people in there and you know these politicians you know speak well and are are clever and witty with their words but behind closed doors they're the devil that is exactly true and i mean a lot of that comes from the fact that you know with public education there's there's propaganda and indoctrination so people ultimately think, oh, that person looks smart, or that person's on TV, or that person's been elected, so obviously they have credibility and there's validity to what they say. But that's not true. You know, P.T. Barnum always said, you know, there was a fool born every day. And many people who have nefarious uh, activities or desires, they understand how to manipulate, pull strings, and, and control yeah. different control masses. I mean, we we saw it in right. Nazi Germany. You know, they will right. put you know whatever they want to manipulate people, and it's the same thing here. It's the same thing throughout regimes since the beginning of time. And if you control the masses, you control basically everything. And dumbing down our our children over decades has now caused a lot of people to not really critically think about who they're electing or supporting for position. And we're facing we're facing those outcomes now. And again, Americans, what are you going to do? This is up to you. We are the ones now that have to decide what we're going to do. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I hear you. No, and you bring up a great point. And and for instance, you know, it it, just, it goes to show that, you know, from what I was reading today, I read a new poll. A lot of people are waking up to the bullshit of the media. Um, only 56%, again, that's only 56% of people actually think Joe Biden is really the president. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who think something else is going to happen. I do want to say uh, that I do have someone that listens to your program quite often, and she's, she asked me, she's listening now, to give her a shout-out. And Lori Smith from Maryland listens to your show she also she hears your shout out she is a fellow conservative patriot a trump supporter so there are there are people like her and and you and me all over this country 
and we know what we saw on election day and the days after have been fraudulent and we're ready to to do what's needed to save our nation and to protect our children and future generations so shout out to Lori and shout out to all the millions of Americans that are patriots and and want the best for this nation absolutely shout out to Lori shout out to everyone thank you guys so much you guys are amazing um Tim, let's get you back here very soon. I know you uh, have some stuff to do tonight, um, but tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Yep. You can find me at timfazenbaker.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at America One Tim Faze. Um, always on. Uh, I will always respond. And I'm, we're looking for patriots all over the place to help us preserve our nation. So thank you, Rory, for having me on. And, and God bless America to everybody listening. Yeah, man, and congrats on the new liquor store. That's awesome. Thanks. I feel bad for the businesses that are shut down, and, of course, they're never going to shut down liquor stores because they get more tax from that. So, you know, my heart is with all the other businesses also being affected. Yeah, and real quick, before you you go, speaking of that, I talked about this on my show the other day. 60% of businesses, according to Yelp, 60%, are are supposed to – permanently close over this virus i mean this virus is going to do more damage to people's you know well it already has to their to their personal lives to their to their wealth to their psychosis than it ever did to their body or 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 them ever getting infected with it i mean it's such it's such nonsense yeah fear is uh, you can control people easily with fear and we're seeing it happen play out now so um, Absolutely. You can also, you know, like I said, find me at timfazenbaker.com. Again, thanks, Rory, and God bless everyone. All right, Tim. Tim, thank you, man. You said also you wanted to, you want to do another plug. What were you going to say? Oh, that was it. I mean, you, you can find me at phase4liquors.com. Um, we do cater to veterans and law enforcement, give discounts of that. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to do a shameless plug on that. But we're continuing our our, our patriotic movements you know even with business like that we want to get back to those who have served us and and given so much for us i love it i love it man i I, i'm really excited and i can't wait until you get into office we need guys like you in there man You're, you're the real deal thank you very much and until next time take care all right man tim fazenbaker everybody great friend of the show talk to you soon uh, I want to welcome to the show popular columnist uh, Scott Moorfield. Scott, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Roy? Good, man. Welcome back. Hello? What's new? What's what have you been working on? What's the latest? What's the four one one? Oh goodness, it's it's been um, most of the time. It's pretty much all COVID all the time. Uh, and you're right. You're still writing for the Daily Caller, doing all that stuff. Yes, yes, I, I do. Uh, pretty much. Don't don't cover as much of that. My, a lot of the daily caller stuff is revolving around this Senate campaign going on in Georgia, so that's obviously really big for our readers. Um, and then on town hall, it's it's mostly COVID stuff. A lot of stuff with the masks, the the insanity going on with that. Um, so I had one one yesterday, and, and, and actually, pretty big study came out of Florida, um, put out by Rational Ground. And which is none of this is really surprising, but uh, they did a 
you know, fortunately, not every place in the country is mandating masks, right? I mean, we don't have a national mask mandate. It's it's a really big country, and we have this thing called federalism. So, fortunately, there are some states that don't mandate the mask, so then that leaves it up to the local authorities. So you have a place like Florida where, you know, 20, I believe it was 22 counties mandate masks, and the rest of them do not. And the ones that do not, of the ones that don't, four um, of the 10 most populous counties in the state. So it's not just the population centers that are mandating them. So we, uh, Rational Ground, came up with some data and showed that uh, the masked areas were actually doing worse when you counted days. Basically, when you broke down the days by the cases, by the population, um, you know, which is just, just a general breakdown, the mass mandated areas were doing worse than the uh, than the non-mask areas. So, yeah, just just pretty much, it, it deflates the myth so much. Um, it, it's uh, it's absolutely bonkers. But did, did that yesterday. Uh, wrote that at the town hall, and that's that's still still on there. But uh, and they also did it for the country, basically breaking down states, um, and it kind of came to the same result. So. Pretty pretty interesting. You, you know what's always been mind blowing? Why do we need vaccines yeah. for a for a you know a virus that has a ninety ninety nine point seven percent survival rate? <laughs> we all know that this, we all know that this mask nonsense. It's all about submission. It's all about it's all about sure. bowing to the government. It's all about the government controlling us, telling us what to do. You know, first it was supposed to be a few weeks of you know controlling the spread. Now it's been nine months. <laughs> And I don't. Not this is what really bread, bothers me. I think. I, I think what bothers me the most, Scott, is that the state governors have so much extra power, and they play so much partisan politics. Like, for example, you'll go to a Republican state, and it'll, it'll be open, and there'll be no mask mandate. But you go to a Democrat state, holy shit, nothing's open, mask mm-hmm. mandate. I mean, it's like these people are playing games with our lives. It's not about humanity. It's about power. It's about, it's about. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, it, it is, and you know, it, it's really what, what's even more disturbing uh, is the, that you've got we've got so many Republicans, so-called Republicans, going along with it. So, generally, you're going to find more freedom uh, on average where Republicans are in control. But gosh, I mean, you know, didn't uh, Utah just come up came out with a, a statewide mass mandate? Utah, Wyoming has one. Um, so North Dakota, uh, it, it's it's absolutely bonkers. And I don't I don't this thing the 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 mass stuff. I mean, most Republicans are going to come out against lockdowns, and that's that's good. I'm I'm, I'm definitely I mean that's important. But the fact that they don't that they still think it's okay to Force people to put a moist, bacteria-virus-laden piece of cloth over their lung holes and think that's going to stop a highly contagious respiratory virus. And even if it does, they have no right to assume everybody is sick. They do have a right to quarantine the sick, but they don't have the right to assume everybody's sick and treat exactly. everybody as such. I mean that's exactly why that's exactly why I said we could have protected the vulnerable, we could have protected the elderly, but the other ninety nine percent of the population 
was perfectly healthy. I mean, what, what, what they've done is yeah. they made healthy people sick is what they've done. That's what they've really done. I mean, whether it's oh, physically they, or mentally. Yeah, they, they, they bash everybody's, you know, I mean, even if they're working, uh, even if they did work to, to stop this conceivably, then you're just busting everybody's immune system at that point because, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't think they're doing anything. So, I mean, the virus is spreading regardless. It spreads everywhere. Here's the thing. They comply in California. I, I mean, I've got contacts in California that haven't seen anybody without a face covering other than their family in months. I mean, nobody. So they, they're having almost 100% compliance over there. I mean, they might say, oh, if ever, what, what they always go to is, oh, if everybody just did it right and if everybody complied, it would be fine. We'd have no virus. Well, in California, they're complying. I mean, our family took a trip to North Carolina, to, to western North Carolina, yeah. which is very rural. You know, they're yeah. complying over there. I mean, I, you know, I, well, yeah, I mean, don't wear one in East Tennessee. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm in Palm Springs, California, and they, they've got them here. But um, I just moved oh, to California yeah. a few – I moved to Palm Springs, California a few months ago. But uh, when I lived in Phoenix, Arizona, they don't have a mask mandate. I mean, there's and, – and, and, you know, I traveled across the country this summer. I went to over 20 states, and most of those states did not require masks. Yeah, that – in the summer it, – it's it's like with – now, with this spike, it, I think that they just want to – I think that some of the ones that mean – well, I, I'm, I think most of them – I'm not sure 100% whether – I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they all mean well. Um, but the ones that do mean well, you know, maybe they just have to they, they just think they just have to quote unquote do something. I mean, people are genuinely scared. I mean, you you may remember the Frank Franklin Templeton poll that came out a few months ago. You know, people genuinely thought there there were like a quarter of the people of, of the population general genuinely thought that this, this virus had a death rate of twenty five percent. Um, it's it's absolutely yeah. I mean it's absolutely bonkers how scared people are. <laughs> and, and you just said ninety nine point eight, or did you say ninety nine point seven or seven or eight? Ninety nine, ninety nine point seven, yeah. Yeah. So I've actually seen things that I, I mean it's hard to know exactly what it is because we don't know the full denominator. But you know at the same time the World Health Organization, whenever there was a million dead. The World Health Organization said 750 million had been infected. That's a 99.87 rate right there. So, uh, you know, my guess yeah. is with this, you know, we've got, we've got this highly contagious thing going around in, in Britain that they say could be here. And I, I don't know if you saw uh, Ingram angle last night, but uh, the Yale the, the Yale epidemiologist, who's really good, Harvey Risch, he said, you know, this thing could be good in a way. And this is really strange. It was kind of a counterintuitive thing that he said hey you know if this thing can spread and it spreads super fast and it's not as deadly i mean it's not as deadly right so we're not i mean honestly on our side we call it team reality we're not really afraid of spread as long as we can protect the, the vulnerable and now thankfully with vaccines we can so yeah. if we could just you know vaccinate the elderly anybody who's vulnerable and then just let her rip we'd be out of this in, in a couple of months and, and there's no, I mean, that's the, the the strategy that does the least harm to the most people. But they don't uh, they don't want to do the least harm to the most people. They want to do the most harm to uh, everybody else that they possibly can in pursuit of power. 
you know, basically using COVID as the reason, you know. Um, and, and Scott, at least Scott, least. Scott, look at, and Scott, look at what's going on right now. I mean, Dr. Fauci is at it again. I mean, we just heard today that there's supposed to be another huge wave coming to the U.S. of this virus that could potentially be more deadly. And Fauci saying exactly what he said last time. Oh, no, don't shut down travel. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, th- I think he know. I think he knows that this is just going to keep repeating itself. I mean, this guy is as dirty as it gets. And, and you know, Andrew oh, yeah. Yang are, are asking for barcodes to in your skin to make sure, <laughs> or on your phone to make sure that you actually got the vaccination. I mean, there's some crazy shit going on. And I mean, these people, <laughs> you, uh, they're all over the place. I mean, they, they, you know, oh, I, yeah. I don't know. And what's, what's the, per- so, so if there's going to be another round of this, that's going to be deadlier, what's, what's the point? I mean, how how do we know the vaccinations are actually going to um, going to tame and and solve the problem of this of the deadlier pandemic that's coming? Well, here's what I, from what I understand, it's not necessarily deadlier; it, it's more transmissible, and that's kind of what I was saying about Harvey Rich talking about. He's like, look, it's really not anything to be afraid of, you know, because and, and in that sense, maybe Fauci's right. Who knows? But but uh, you know, it's more transmissible. So basically, um, if you're if you're basically looking at it um, from the standpoint of, I mean, you're not going to stop it if it's already seeded, you know, if, if it's already in here. And some people say it's already here. So there, there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's just it's just look, a matter of. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's a matter of what? Keep, keep keep going. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, you know. You, you just try to protect the vulnerable as much as you can. And, and everything I've seen says the vaccine is supposed – now, here's what the, that's what they say, okay? But, I mean, you've got, um, I, I, you know, the Fox News guy saying the same thing. I, I don't know how much any of that can be trusted, but, but they're saying they think that the vaccine is going to cover this strain also. Um, now, I'm not a, a big vaccine guy, <laughs> but, you know, Me I would advise – No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested. The, go- the government, the government lie. The government lies to us every day. I don't trust them sticking a needle in my arm. No, no, and I definitely wouldn't. Want, why would I want my kids to take it? Like it poses zero threat to them, virtually. You know, point oh 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 one. Like I'd rather. I, I would just take the. I would rather spare them the discomfort of having a day of fever if that's if that's the only side effect. You know, if, if that's it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's just no reason. But um, you know, if 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 I had. You know, my parents were, I mean, they're in their 70s, you know, and they're pretty healthy, so maybe not them. But if they were a little older, um, you yeah. know, it might be it might be that I would be like, okay, it's not going to, you know, you got more to lose from COVID than you do from the vaccine, you know. Right. So for some people that it might be smart for them to do. So that's where you've got this whole targeted, you know, the strategy that, that really is the smart way to do it. Which they're not, of course, they're not doing it. They're they're vaccinating AOC um, and Marco Rubio, but but if they would just vaccinate the elderly and uh, um, and the nursing home residents, then the death rate would plummet if they if the vaccine works. Okay, the death rate would plummet um, from COVID, and then that, then they wouldn't have any more excuse to do all their bull bull crap that they're doing. So <laughs> that's probably why sure. they're not doing the smart thing. It's very true, Scott. We always love having you with us. Uh, you're a very great you. writer, popular writer. You write for many big uh, newspapers and magazines. Tell everybody where they can find your work, and let's definitely get you back on the show soon. 
Yeah, uh, uh, Town Hall. I come out on Mondays at Town Hall, of course, Daily Caller. And then uh, my Twitter is SK Moorfield, if anybody wants to follow me there. And then Parlor is S. Moorfield. So, Rory, I appreciate you having me. It's good, it's good to be here. Well, Scott, I always love having you with us. Good friend of the show. Thanks for coming back. Uh, stay with us if you stay with us if you can. We got a, a big show ahead. A lot more people to get to. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have best-selling author and Second Amendment expert Dan Wass. Good friend of mine, Dan. How are you? Hey, Rory. Great. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. What's um, What's new? What's the latest? What's the four one one? Well, the ATF is trying to uh, they're trying to ban pistol braces, which you may have heard about. Uh, they're also trying to ban uh, what's called eighty low, percent uh, lowers, which is uh, parts uh, gun parts basically. And the idea here is that they can um, they can uh, turn the pistol braces into um, something that would qualify as a as a illegal firearm. So in other words, they would get you to register your firearms that have pistol braces. Um, and the idea, the the whole idea behind all this stuff is that they want registration. They want you to put yourself and your guns on their government uh, government list, so they know where the guns are. So when people are watching this, they're they're saying, oh well, geez, what's the big deal about pistol braces? Not many people use them, and all that stuff. But behind the story, behind the scene, is really the idea that they're they're going for uh, a gun registry. And we're trying to stop it. Uh, Gun Owners of America is taking two lawsuits uh, to to them, to the ATF. And uh, so we're in a pretty good position. Uh, Hopefully going to knock this one down. Um, they, uh, They did the same thing with the bump stocks and... You know, they always try with their suppressors and any kind of any kind of um, accessories or things that they can with firearms. They'll try to make illegal, so they can chip around the edges of the Second Amendment. Pretty soon, if they if they do what they what they want to accomplish, uh, there'll be nothing left of the Second Amendment. So it's important that we that we fight back, and that's exactly what we're doing. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Um, you know, I, I just saw today, too, that uh, there was a record this year, approximately 21 million guns in 2020, sales up 73%. I mean, that just goes to show that people aren't taking any chances. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, the interesting thing about that is of, of all the new gun sales, 40% uh, over the summer were uh, first-timers. So people who never owned a gun before are actually going out buying a gun for the first time this year. And most of it is due to all the riots and all the violence that we've seen. Um, and so you have to look at that number, the 40 percent of, uh, of new gun buyers being first timers. And yet you have to you have to wonder if a lot of them might you know might have been anti gun maybe non gun owners maybe even liberal progressives starting to go out and buy guns because regardless of the uh, the the narrative and regardless of what they're taught to believe when it comes to saving their own lives um 
some of them are jumping ship and saying, "Hey, screw you! It, I'm going to protect myself and my family. You know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take a different approach to this whole gun thing, and um, I'm actually going to look into it and try to and try to get something there so so I can protect myself. And the funny thing is, a lot of these first timers are going to the gun shop and they're wondering why they can't just pick out a gun and walk out with it the same day. And the gun shop owners are going, what the hell's wrong with you people? This is the stuff you voted for. You voted for these gun restrictions. This is why you you can't, none of us can just walk out with a gun. There are background checks and there's, uh, there's processes in different states are, are different. But um, so the, the funny part is, is that these people who voted for gun restrictions by voting Democrat are now mad that, the gun restrictions are limiting their ability to purchase a gun. Yeah. No, and that's, that's the thing. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't even think some of these people know what they're voting for. I don't think they read the legislation or, or what these people's policies are. I mean, there's too much, you know, too many people that either go based off of race or they go based off of uh, a D being next to the candidate, uh, you know, meaning Democrat. I mean, you know, I wish people would do more research. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, it was, and you guys, I heard you guys talking about the the virus and and all the shutdowns and all the masks and stuff. And yeah, Democrats, they just seem to just go along with whatever their party does, as ridiculous as it may be and as harmful as it may be to to everyone's livelihoods. You know, with, with respect to the, uh, the shutdowns, business shutdowns, and and uh, gun restrictions and just anything. But, the, you know, the problem is these liberals, they they will follow along literally like sheep. We talk about sheep. Um, they really do. And that's the scary part of this whole thing. We're, we're living in a society where people, there are a good number of people who will not fight for this country. They will roll over. And it's it's embarrassing. Uh, some of them are you know, maybe acquaintances, some of them maybe even family. And it's it's really embarrassing what's happened to um people in our in our country, uh, due to democratic message, due to the overwhelming media propaganda that teaches people to be like this. Um so yeah. I'm hoping we can turn people around a little bit um at the at their their personal level at the personal level and teach them how important America really is. But, you know, don't forget, they're constantly every day being taught that America is bad. And uh, so why would you want to stand up for something that's so bad? You know, uh, people are being brainwashed, literally being brainwashed before our very eyes. And Dan, you know, I, and I was just thinking about this the other day. I mean, I've never seen this country more divided. I mean, there's so much hate going around. And, you know, I think people are at a point where, you know, especially if we get cheated out of an election, uh, people are going to get violent. I mean, people, things are going to get out of things. I could see some people even trying to overthrow the government. I mean, some Americans just can't tolerate uh, dishonesty. It's like the worst policy. Yeah, well, I did see some video uh, yesterday. Some people were overtaking a state house in Oregon, I think, and uh, so so that stuff is starting to happen. It's starting in little little pockets, you know. 
and, and especially with this COVID, um, you know, real, uh, fund that they just uh, the, the money, the stimulus money they just they're talking about releasing right now. Uh, that's really yeah. just getting under people's skin and pissing people off. Um, so it's I don't know. I hate to say it. I would have probably would have never said this ten years ago, but I really do think something something's going to happen. It's coming to a head. You can see it happening right now. And right. um, I don't know how it's going to play out, but something um, physical is going to happen. I'm not, people not are sure vulnerable. I mean, people are vulnerable. People, you know, whether it's the looting, whether it's the rioting. I mean, you know, I mean, th- th- these and people, you know, that the police can't do their jobs. You know, people have to go get guns to protect themselves. I mean, this is this is a, this is a society like a damn movie. I mean, you know, we've never yeah. been this unstable. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true, and so, so that's why we always go back, and you know, like my family, we we go back and we talk and we say, okay, what do we need? What do we need to be safe? What do we need for food? What do we need for money? What do we need um, for you know, as far as our house goes and and protections and things like that? Let's let's take care of ourselves. Let's make sure that we're safe at the at the ground level here, at our family level. Um, you know, do we have a generator? Do we have plenty of food we have you know all this stuff and worry about yourself and your family and make sure that's good and then um take it outward from there and and do do what's right for your community uh but it's a scary time and if we don't if we don't protect ourselves and something does happen um you yeah. know it, we're, it'll be terrible that's why right. we're a strong believer obviously in the was house we're strong believers of firearms um, so nobody's getting in, <laughs> but, right. um, but you know, not everybody thinks like that. And there's a lot of vulnerable pe- people out there. No, it's so true, Dan. It's so true. I always love having you on with us, man. Let's get you back very soon. Uh, we always love having you as a regular, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Well, thanks Roy. And you're doing a great job yourself. Uh, people can find me at goodgunbadguy.net or goodgunbadguy.com. Thanks, Roy. Absolutely, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now, we have U.S. congressional candidate from New York, George Santos. George, how are you? Hey, Rory, how are you? I'm doing very well, man. Uh, it's been a few months. I haven't talked to you. Uh, how's everything going? What's the 411? What's the latest? Give us a scoop. Well, look, I think it's crazy um, that it's been so long, but I know um, in 2020 time it's blown in uh, unorderly fashion. But, well, the, the 411 <laughs> is I was congressman for seven days, a congressman-elect for seven days here in New York on the 3rd Congressional District. So if anybody Googles it, they're able to see. I closed election night almost 5,000 votes ahead of my opponent. We celebrated in big fashion and old, uh, old school style. I went down to the congressional orientation as an unofficial member elect. And then 10 days later, <laughs> I was swamped with quote unquote mail in ballots. Now, there is, a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Rory, uh, and we've spoken about this many times, but it's very interesting that Beth Page, New York, where those 280,000 ballots were printed and sent to Pennsylvania, were printed and mailed from my district. My opponent did not campaign, and my opponent did the 
awesome honor of campaigning in Pennsylvania for President-elect Joe Biden as of now. So a lot's been going on. It's been an interesting year. Um, and uh, one would say I'm a sour person, and I, I, I beg differ. Um, I'm looking forward to 2022. I already declared my rematch to my opponent. Uh, and he better watch out because uh, I'm not going to let him cheat the way he did this time next time. Oh, no, I, I hear – so so tell, tell us about this because I was reading about your story, and I was reading – there was a bunch of articles going around. That you, you were, you're right. You were elected, and then all of a sudden all these – what was it? Some magical ballots appear out of nowhere? Well, the reality is apparently my congressional district was the – second most mail-in ballot congressional district in the state of New York and the eighth nationally. Um, highly unlikely. I, with the, with the amount of votes I got, 162,000 votes, I should have easily cruised into victory um, in any other year. But, you know, 2020, um, you know, uh, algorithms don't matter. The statistical improbabilities are super probable, Statistical, statistical impossibilities are possible. And it's unfortunate that this is where we're at in the state of affairs of our country. But I do urge everybody listening to not lose confidence in the voting system because we will rectify whatever happened in 2020. It won't be overnight. It will take time. We will retain the United States Senate. And Leader McConnell will lead a thorough investigation to make sure that we uncover Everything that transpired, whether it was fraud, manipulation, data malfunction, I don't know. But I am confident that we'll be able to rectify it. And I want people listening at home to still maintain confidence in our election system. Look, if Donald Trump is not able to maintain this seat, I have had a conversation personally with his team, including Eric and Donald Trump. And I said, I think the president should run again in 2024 to prove a point that Biden did not win this election and that he was more than capable of getting reelected, but there was other odd stacks against him. So I'm, I'm very confident about a 2022 super punch for the Republicans in Congress. I'm super pumped for a potential 2024 Donald Trump presidency. Silver lining is that Joe Biden is a colossal failure and I don't foresee a very fruitful and level presidency for him in the near future. He's already dealing with a lot of things that he's been incapable of resolving. So let's see, let's see what 2021 holds for us. I, I hope good things, Rory, because we've had a really rough 2020. Now, George, let me ask you this. Um, are, are you, are you one of the, are you one of the believers that you still think there's some hope in terms of January 6th? In terms of, you know, Mike Pence going in front of the Congress and, you know, with the electors, I mean, I think Trump has something up his sleeve. I mean, you know, you're a guy that's heavily involved with politics. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Everybody has their own take. I'll be there to watch it. I've been invited by Congresswoman-elect Maria Vera Salazar, who took out Donna Shalala in uh, Florida 27, which was amazing to take out an actual Clinton operative. I'm hopeful. Um, cautiously optimistic. Um, however, I don't know. You know, I want to see what this last card up Donald J. Trump's sleeve, because if he keeps this office, I, I'm, I'm then 
hopeful and very positive that we'll have a better 2021 and we will not have tyrannical, oppressive mandates being rammed down our throats for the remainder of 2021. And I wanted to ask you, hold on. <laughs> so your, your, your district <laughs> in New you. York. Yeah, thank you. Your district in New York, for people that don't know, covers what areas? So it covers the North Shore of Long Island and northeastern Queens. Essentially, the second, uh, sorry, the third wealthiest suburban district in America. There's no way on earth that a Democrat with a socialist agenda won that district organically or with real votes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't convince me or any of the specialists. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, I can imagine. I mean, we're seeing it in so many different areas, um, Repu- Republican areas that are just randomly tur- turning Democrat for no, for no reason, you know, Boy. for no logical reason, no rational reason. It's just happening. I mean, because they're behind the scenes and they've been planning this for, you know, ever. I think ever since Trump got in there, I think they've been planning all of this for all these different elections. They want as much power as possible and they'll get, you know, the dirtiest of all dirty to gain that. Nancy Pelosi has the smallest majority since 1872. (laughs) Just read between the lines. Do you really think that 27 Republicans won congressional seats on rematches took back multiple of them? Claudia Tenney, a good friend of mine in New York's 22nd congressional district is dangling by 14 votes right now. And they're trying to not let her keep that victory. Do you really believe Donald Trump lost this election? Nicole right. I mean, 75, million, by a 75, million, 75 million votes more than any sitting president. And they try to say that Biden got 14 million more votes than Obama. No, no way in hell. Not, no, not even close. No way. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely preposterous and uh, un-American what's going on. And I look forward to, to actually, you know, uh, fighting hard alongside everyday Americans to fight for their livelihoods, fight for their freedoms. And I will not back down, Rory. You can count on me if you want to check in on me periodically just to see where I'm at. I'll have news for you every step of the way because I will not allow this oppressive, tyrannical regime that's trying to take over America with Marxism, socialism, and communism to oppress the lives and livelihoods of millions of Americans. The simple fact, look at this bill that was just passed in Congress, $600 for the American people, but there's a $20 million. And then all this money to overseas, billions and Millions and billions to overseas and all this millions and billions to their special interests. And I mean, the Kennedy Center, all these different places. We all know a lot of this money. They the can, Kennedy Center you know, is a black a... hole for money, and it's been for years. Exactly. Nieces a loophole. Are you it's kidding? It's a loophole. It's a loophole. Yeah. It goes in the front door, out the back door, into the elites and liberals' pockets. It's such bull. I mean, with how much, and you know, speaking of the Kennedy Center, how many times are they in the funding bill? Every single time. How much money do they need? I'm just like, what the hell? It's, it's amazing. I mean, every single, every single spending bill has a Kennedy Center in it. How, how much money do they need to operate it? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And the, the, Smith, the, the, 
Yeah, the Smithsonian Museum, too. That's always in the spending bill. They gave them a bunch of money. That's another loophole. And then they give all these different... $40 million. Yeah, and they give all these different art centers money. And then uh, what about uh, they give Sudan, Africa, um, all these different... 14 countries combined are receiving $172 billion (laughs) American dollars. What is going on here? That's not corona relief for Americans. That's liberal wish list abroad. That's all it is. And we're just supposed to sit back and watch it. We're just supposed to sit here and just be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. There, there goes we our pay taxes so that liberals can fund Pakistan's gender programs. <laughs> <laughs> I read the whole list. I read the whole list at the opening of the episode, and I'm just like, Really? I mean, this is why we need to get all these rats out of there on both sides. This is both sides of the aisle. This is Republicans and Democrats. They're both the problem in, in so many ways. You know, I mean, there's, there's I so many heavily rhinos. Criticized, heavily criticized this week on Twitter because I went after Matt Gates' vote for the marijuana bill. I love Matt. We have a great relationship. Uh, every time I see him, he's very kind to me. I was actually with him in D.C. shortly after I called him a rhino on Twitter. And he goes, so I'm a rhino because I voted for marijuana. I said, it's easy for you to vote for a stupid bill like that when you sit in a true R plus 37 district. Us real Americans who have to really face the, the heat of these bills, we don't, get that li- we don't get that privilege. So please don't vote for silly bills like that. You make us look stupid. And, uh, and, 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 you know, I, I, love, here, here's, I love Matt, though. I forget. And him. here's the problem. Here's the issue, though. We're voting on bills and we're voting on things that are so irrelevant to the real issues we're facing right now. I mean, the real, the real things we should be focused on are how, how are we going to fix infrastructure? How are we going to fix small businesses? How are we going to give all this money from the devastation that, back to the, uh, you know, the, the people that earn it, the mom and pop shops, not these big corporations, not these big large companies that don't need it. Exactly. I mean, look, uh, you just said it all. The mom and pop shops are suffering. Um, good friends of mine own a restaurant in uh, Queens, New York called Obaco. It's in Little Neck. These guys haven't gotten a break for the last probably 10 months. And I'm overwhelmed. They're friends of mine. They're very good friend, family friends. And they can't catch a break. SLA, the state liquor authority, harasses them on a daily basis. Um, it's, it's just overwhelming. Uh, we need to stop this harassment of our small pop, uh, mom and pop shops and really pay attention to all the erroneous spending that's going on across the country for these yeah. mega corporations. You know, every shutdown that happens, you don't see McDonald's and Burger King and all these massive private equity funds who own them complaining because their sales skyrocket when every right. other business around them cripples. So enough right. of supporting and feeding corporate America. And why, why, can, why can a Best Buy be open, but the mom and pop's place down the street has to be closed, you know? It's disgusting. Because COVID is very well trained. It is not spread in malls. It does not spread in um, supermarkets. It only spreads over meals. <laughs> so well it's insane. It, dude, it's it, this is this is the most weirdest time I, I think we've ever faced. Um, George, I want to get you back here on. I want to get you back on here very soon. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect, where they can uh, find you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Please look me up at 
Santos for Congress um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also email me at George for, at, I'm sorry, George at George for F-O-R-N-Y.com or visit the website, George for NY.com. I'm always willing to talk to people. I think it's really important to connect with this everyday, you know, American as such as myself so that we can get on the same page and actually in, you know, inflict change in our society. Rory, thank you for having me. Yeah, and are the lockdowns just a mess there, man? Yep. It's uh, it's never-ending with uh, Emperor Cuomo. Well, the Empire State did gain an emperor after all, right, in Andrew Cuomo. I can imagine, dude. You're probably – I mean, I'm here in California, so I feel your pain, brother. Yep, I'm telling you. But thank you so much. I mean, uh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. All right, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Take care. I want to welcome to the show. I believe she she's with us. We have popular talk show host Diana Ploss. Diana, how are you? Diana, are you with us? Do we have Diana? Hello. Give me one second. Let's see if we have Diana here. Um. Give me one second, guys. I believe we have. I am still looking. Um, I actually want to go right now to – bear with me. We're having some te- technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on with the phone lines. They're going in and out. Hold on a second. Hold on one second. I don't know what's going on. Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, I, I still, I still, I'm still, guys. Something's going on, going on with the phones. Give me a second. Give me one second. This freaking never happens. I believe right now we have. I fixed the phone lines. I believe we have Vicky with us from New York. Vicky is very popular. Vicky, how are you? Uh, Hello, Rory. Good on. evening. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Vicky. Uh, it is an honor uh, to have you on my program. Uh, for people that don't know, this is this is Vicky. Um, hold on one second, Vicky Palladino. Uh, she <laughs> ran for New York City Council District 19. Was um, she's done a lot of different things. She's been yelled at. Well, no, she actually yelled at De Blasio. She's been in all these in, in Cuomo's face. She's really laid the smack down. She's just been a, a true patriot for, for the mega movement and, and uh, standing up to these jerk-off Marxist, you know, socialist uh, scums. And I'll tell you what, she's a firecracker. We, we love having her with us. Uh, thank you for being here. How's it going? Uh, thanks, Rory. Happy to be here. Uh, many thanks for Joe Murray for introducing us. Tonight, I'm a first-timer, but I've listened to several of your guests, including George Santos, who just left you. Uh, he's in my district, 
And uh, George and I are friends. He spoke at my club many times. I'm president of the Whitestone Republican Club. I ran yeah. for state senate in 2018, and I'm running for city council in 2021. So I'll let the games begin, as they say. Uh, and uh, I went to battle with I went to battle with uh, De Blasio. Back in 2017, with a lot of people saying that was my claim to fame, but I've always been an activist. Um, then uh, I started my club in uh, at the end of 2018, after I lost to the uh, Democrat known as John Liu. Uh, and that's what actually that year of 2018 is what pushed New York State into a one-party state. We needed to keep our uh, majority in the state Senate in order to keep Cuomo in line. Cuomo is now in his third term, and he declared himself the emperor of New York uh, right after the COVID, actually COVID was identified as COVID. Um, They took a vote overnight, the majority-led Senate and our Assembly, overnight we woke up to the news that Cuomo is king. And ever since Cuomo has become queen, uh, king, uh, we have gone act just, we thought it was bad with de Blasio being in the five boroughs, but having this man in charge of not just the five boroughs, but the entire state, with no objections to anything that he says or does, has crippled us in more ways than a person could imagine. So hence the reason why I'm running for city council, because in 2021 we get to change the face of the city of New York if the people of the city of New York are ready to do so. Uh, A lot of us are ready, willing, and able to fight, and uh, we are mad as hell, and we want our city back. We want our freedom back. We want we want it back to the way it was. So, uh, you know, this is insane what's going on here. Yeah, you know, I just keep reading the reports and what, what, what New York has turned into. I mean, you guys are going back into like the – 70s and 80s in terms of right, crime. exactly. I mean, it's, it's, yep. tur- it's turning into Chicago. I mean, people are scared to ride the subway without worrying about getting their throats slashed. I mean, pe- people are uh, – it's out of control. I mean, you've got homeless pooping on the street. You've got a drug problem like no other. You've got businesses that can't sustain. You've got people mm-hmm. leaving that don't want to pay the taxes. I mean, the problems yep. go on and on. It's been a bottomless pit now. Just think, though. Uh, like I guess I heard talk after uh, who was it? Tim, you had on a former congressman. Uh, uh, no, yeah, earlier he, in running, the show, and I've been hanging he, on yeah, for a while. Running, yeah, he's running for uh, Congress in Maryland. Tim, Tim Basinger. Yes, that's the that's the man. When I heard him speak, uh, and then I heard you had an author on. I heard him speak. Uh, they nailed it. Uh, what they said about COVID and how people buckled so quickly. That's the astounding part to me. Uh, Being a tough New Yorker and knowing New Yorkers' spine and their backbone and what makes us tick, I am flabbergasted at the way uh, the citizens of this great city have went on bended knee. 
just willingly by the word COVID and the, in, the way he has instilled fear, fear-mongering. And that, is called, that has led to paralysis. And people cannot get out of their own heads. And um, I'm all over the news uh, yesterday and now today uh, because my, my club hosted a small gathering within the COVID rules because I try to tell everybody these are not laws you're breaking. These are rules you're choosing to follow. But the fines are so massive that they cannot, they're 15000 and more. So they've got the, you know, the social distancing police out. They've got this police out. They got, you know, they come under the guise of sheriffs, which is slightly different from our police department, of course. So uh, that the shocking thing is that so many people took a knee so quickly. And um, I had a party. The party was done beautifully uh, at the restaurant, actually, that George Santos just mentioned, El Baco, uh, with, which is within my district, a struggling business, family-owned for 28 years. We followed the rules. The rules were indoor dining up to 50 people, social distancing, and so on, mask required, uh, hand sanitizer required. We did everything that we were supposed to do. Yet, yet, the news has jumped all over this because there is somebody took a video and somebody got their hands on it, which was on Facebook. I'm not ashamed of it at all. Everybody was having a good time. Uh, they started a conga line. On this conga line, people weren't wearing a mask. So, oh, boy, we broke the rules. And we actually were living life and having a good time. And they're smashing me and my club, the media, of course, uh, all over the place here in New York. Well, bring it on, I say. Bring it on. <laughs> we chose to have a few laughs. <laughs> you don't like it? Too bad. We also did this before the massive second closing of this city where Cuomo and de Blasio declared war on our restaurants again the week after my event, okay, or small gathering. Uh, so we were all within the guidelines, yet they're not telling people that. People are actually thinking I had this gathering this past weekend. It happened on December 9th. Nobody got covid Nobody got sick. We shut the party down at a quarter of 10, deadline here, you know, 10 p.m., because we also have curfews here. It's kind of like being in communist Germany or wherever, Russia. You got to be home by 10 o'clock. So uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. So this is how we're living here. Insanity. Insanity. So... So tell me, um, you know, in terms of some of the your upcoming candidates that you have affiliated with the club, I'm sure you're working on a lot of different upcoming. You know, like you said, you're going to be running for office. Obviously, you got to you got to turn around New York. You got to you got to make sure that you know we get it back to a we place have... that everybody once loved. I mean, people now when they think about New York City, they're like, yeah, New York City. That mean that place needs a lot of help. You know, when you talk about New York. Uh... 
we we're a great city. We're great people. Be you Democrat, be you uh, Republican. Uh, the people who are spoiling this whole thing are the power hungry, uh, the communists we got running our city. You know, De Blasio uh, is not from New York. He's from Boston. His real name is Warren Wilhelm Jr. Uh, De Blasio comes from uh, his father's mother's maiden name. His name yep. is not really De Blasio. It's Warren Wilhelm. Exactly. I looked that up. I looked that up. And you're right. It's true. That's true. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I realize, you know, uh, he's been my mayor uh for now his second term, uh, finishing out his seventh year uh, in 2021, finishing out his eighth year. So uh, in his first four years, he set the table. And in his second four years, we had such a poor voter turnout. You know, complacency is a huge problem. And yeah. uh, when people are comfortable uh, and be it uh with their jobs and everything else, uh, people become complacent and they don't really look too far outside of their own four walls or their neighborhoods. Uh, but they talked about, uh, you know, uh, the closing of Rikers Island. He talked about, uh, you know, the, uh, the new, the no bail, uh, reform. He spoke about, uh, injection sites. He talked about everything. He laid it all out for everybody, everybody. So when we campaigned hard against him in the late part of 2017, you know, that's when he went to Hamburg, Germany, and he protested against our country. And he stood with the anarchists and uh, the communists and he uh, against our country. And he ran out on yet another two police officers that were assassinated because uh, they were getting killed. Our, our cops, forget it. They're, they're, they're under so much pressure, it's not even funny. But in his heyday, in his first four years, uh, there were four cops shot in the back of the head while sitting in their patrol cars. So I say they were assassinated. They say they were killed on the job. No, they were assassinated. So uh, when he ran out on the last officer, her name is Familia, she was uh, from the Bronx, um, and he went off to Hamburg, Germany, walked out of her funeral, got on a plane, didn't tell anybody, and I raised hell with him, happened to be in my neighborhood, and I raised hell with him about that. Uh, And it took off, but my point being is that he... He set the table, first four years. Complacency delivered him a second four years. Complacency on our part as voters. We're 8 million people in New York. 800,000 showed up to vote out of 8 million. And 660,000 of those votes went to de Blasio. That's complacency. Yeah, Jesus is right. So... Uh, Go ahead, sorry No, go ahead, sorry No, so what happens is Everybody's bitching and complaining Now, how You know, before COVID It was, oh my God, I can't believe it How did this happen? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And you know, as a spokesperson I get up at a mic and I tell people How did this happen? You didn't vote 
How did this happen? You didn't vote. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> you didn't vote. It's as simple as that. So yeah. everybody now with the burning of our city, with taking down of our monuments and uh, erasing everything that once was, uh, the rioting, the looting, uh, defunding our police, um, the city council is actually the Congress of the city of New York, and uh, they're all in with him. There's only three Republicans that sit on the city council right now. Two are good for nothing, and uh, one is in Staten Island. He's, he, he speaks up plenty, but it's only one man. There's 51 seats in the city council. 51. All 51 seats are coming up this year, in 2021. They're either being termed out, well, they're up for re-election. The city is ours if we want it next year. I want it. I want my seat on the city council. we got to find a good person to run for mayor. Everything from mayor to dog catcher is up for grabs next year in 2021. That's six weeks away. So we have it in the palm it. of our hands. Yeah, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. I, I, I'm, I'm literally rooting for you. Um, I, I love what you're doing, um, and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Let's get you back on here very soon. I love talking to you. I tell everybody I'm where they can get I'm sorry I hogged it all up, Lori. You didn't get a chance to talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm lo- sorry. I, love every- I love everything you say. I mean, you're amazing. I could have conversations with you all day. Um, but tell everybody where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, well, as president of the White Stone Republican Club, of course, you could reach me there. On Facebook, uh, the Whitestone Republican Club. We also have the website, which is, uh, you know, WhitestoneRepublicanClub.com. Very, very, very important uh, is my page. I have several, but the page I want to guide people to is my candidates page, which is Vicky Palladino. Vicky is with an I-E. Palladino is with one L, P-A-L-A-D-I-N-O. And it's for F-O-R, New York, NYC, actually New York City, NYC. So it's Vicky Palladino for NYC. I'm also on Instagram, Vicky uh, for New York City, NYC. And uh, that's my Instagram page. On my Facebook page, Vicky Palladino for NYC. Uh, go there. You'll see what I'm talking about as far as the most recent thing with the gathering that we had on December the 9th. Uh, it really keeps people very much up to date on what's going on in and around the city and the state. Uh, and they can make donations if they like. There's a link there for that. Uh, New York contributes one-third to the United States economy. So when Cuomo yep. was killing us, and our economy, yeah. he's also killing the United States economy as well. So he's it's holding true. out oh. for Trump to, to give him yeah. his $60 billion debt, and our mayor was holding out for Trump to pay him his $10, million, $10 billion debt in the city, which gives you $70 billion bailout, and Trump yeah, flatly no. refused to do it. So it's, kudos to Trump. Yeah. Let's hope he gets back in. We're all holding our breath for January 7th. There's going to be yep. a lot of people going down to Washington, D.C. in uh, for December the 7th. 
So uh, we may be organizing buses and stuff Vic, like that. Vicky, I do, Vicky, I do got to let you go, but thank, thank you, and let's get you back soon. Thank you, Rory, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Take care. All right, take Good care. Good night. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe she's with us. With, with us, uh, popular talk show host Diana Plotz. Diana, how are you? Good, Rory. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you very well. How are you, Diana? Oh, What's good. New? Oh, good. I, I could hear you before. Um, I'm. Well, we're doing yeah. okay here in uh, Massachusetts, um, but we're we're one of the states that has a Republican governor, but we are in a big lockdown, and we have he's another a rhino. lockdown is it, coming. Isn't he a rhino? He's a rhino, isn't he? He, um, you know, you could, I, I don't call them rhinos anymore. Um, the things that we're finding out about him and connections and, and what he's allowing in, the, in our state regarding um, Chinese Communist Party businesses, um, I think that's more, I think it's more that he's a traitor than he is a rhino, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. I mean, and you guys are in a full lockdown. Yes, and then um, he he just initiated another one. I guess signed for another one that's going to start on um, Saturday. Like they they they're restricting us to ten people in our homes, in our own homes, ten people. We're supposed to wear masks everywhere we go. They want us to wear masks even in our home. I don't wear a mask. I haven't. I won't. Um, but they're coming down hard on us. And, um, and, and, you know, it's sad because not a lot of people are, uh, are sta- uh, you know, are standing up and um, not complying. And I was listening um, to your previous guests, you know, and they have, the same, they have the same experience that a lot of people are just wearing the mask. Yeah. And here, here, here's the problem is that, I mean <sighs> – so what, what? Give me like the scenario. Like, what is Massachusetts? I mean, are we are we talking like New York, Massachusetts, New York, California lockdown? Are you are we talking that? Yeah, are you I, guys in that yeah. Um, it's, wow. it's getting there. I mean, I know in in one of the um, cities. Do you have outdoor dining? Do you have at least have outdoor dining? They banned outdoor dining in California and New York. I'm in California. Yeah, I don't know if they even still if they even still have that. Um, they don't even want us to have indoor dining in our own homes. Um, but it's, it's getting bad. I mean, the governor um, signed an executive order, let's see, it, or late summer, towards the end of the summer, the beginning of the fall, that anybody who goes to school from, you know, or daycare, childcare, up to age 31, mandated flu vaccine, mandated. And you had to have it by December 31st. So, you know, he, he basically is doing the bidding for the CCP. And I just want to uh, fill people in regarding, we've been, we were doing this um, protest slash President Trump standout slash freedom rally in Swampscott, um, Massachusetts, the home, that's the home of the governor. Um, so we started 36 weeks ago. And we have been there every single week. Now what's going on is they want us out. The town, the town wants us out. The police want us out. The governor want us, wants us out. Um, and they've even brought in um, 
BLM, Refuse Fascism, Antifa oh, to try to to try to scare us out. To try to so um, last last Saturday, not this past Saturday, one before, an 80 year old woman who's in our group was punched by a Black Lives Matter guy, 32 year old man, punched. That's that's what Absolute, we have going on. Absolutely atro- absolutely atrocious. And you know what? Where's the left to condemn that? Where are they? If, it, that, if that was a Republican, it would be headline news. No, right. And, you know, she was supposed to be on Newsmax tonight. They canceled it. She was supposed to be interviewed with her attorney, and they canceled it. No explanation other than that there's other news, no rescheduling, just canceling. That's how deep these things go because the governor – who's in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, doesn't, they don't want people to know what we're doing. And they're getting violent. I was, um, I've been assault, uh, assaulted number, a number of times, but a month ago, um, somebody came and attacked me, tried to take my tripod away from me, and I ended up um, with a pretty serious concussion that I'm still recovering from. Um, I got thrown against bike racks. Um, landed on the ground. Uh, It's violent out there. And this is at the hands of the politicians who don't want want people like me and other people out on the street trying to stand up against um, the tyranny that's going on. It's bad. It's very bad. Well, you're right. It is very bad. It's scary and it's dangerous. It's really something that we've never quite experienced to this degree you know, unless we want to talk about going back to the 60s. I mean, that, that's where our culture is at at this point. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty um, – it's beyond divisive. I, we just – it's like a movie out there. It's, like, it's, like, it's almost like I, – I can't even describe it, you know. Um, I, I just sometimes feel like this is all a dream. <laughs> no, I know. It's, I mean, and, excuse me, I, I have to reiterate to people, and I did hear one of your guests, earlier was talking about the video footage that was coming out of, was it Oregon? I watched that for a number of hours. I mean, that was horrifying. Horrifying. Um, I felt, I felt um, great about the Patriots that were standing up, but, but the news outlets aren't putting out that information so you don't have a wide um, range of people who are watching it, right? But what people don't realize is the stranglehold that the Chinese Communist Party has over our country. Remember, any of those businesses, those big businesses from China, those are all run by the government. They're run by the Chinese Communist Party. They're building our MBTA cars here in Massachusetts. They're building them. The governor in 2016 um, signed on for for, uh, some partnership with – an organization out of Shanghai um, to help to help better the businesses of China. I mean, these are Chinese Communist Party businesses that politicians are making deals with, and that's why we yeah. we are seeing what we are seeing um, on the streets. One of your one of your other guests talked about the barcodes, right? Yeah, I mentioned, you were I, mentioned, I mentioned that. I mentioned that. I think that's just the start. I mean, that's what they do in China to track their citizens 
and to have power over them and to know their every little move. Exactly, uh, Rory. And look at how much money. Look at how much money Zuckerberg gave to uh, this election. He gave four hundred and nineteen million. I mean, all these tech people are giving all this money to these politicians, and I guarantee you, these politicians are getting orders from these big tech guys saying, "You're going to build us this. We want this. We want. We want to spy on these citizens. You know, all that stuff." And that's why pardoning people like Snowden and pardoning people like Assange. And protecting yeah. those whistleblowers is so pivotal because those are the guys that, you know, are smart enough, you know, to really uh, get inside the government and, and alert uh, the people that, that aren't aware. So uh, there's, there's so much that's going on with tech. It's scary. No, it's scary all around, Rory. And, you know, it's interesting, though. Reports are coming out about how, and I'm going to go back to the Chinese Communist Party, how they are in um, infiltrated our companies, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, IBM, PepsiCo, and the list goes on and on. So they have Chinese Communist Party members, right, in these corporations. And you see, you know, you see, you know, they walk around wearing masks in China. They use their phone in China, right? They use their phone for everything. They use it for, for money. They use it to, uh, for transportation. They use it um, to prove their identity, they use it to show their vaccine vaccine status. That's what we are seeing. That's exactly yeah. what we're seeing here. Yep. Um, but you don't yep. you don't see it in the press, Rory. You don't hear it in the press. Oh no, because people not. like Bill Gates, people like Bill Gates that are behind it, and Bezos, and all these evil, yep. you know, high end, you know, um, elites uh, control the media, and they tell them what not, what not, and what to say. And it works yep. because look at Bezos. Bezos owns the Washington Washington Post, the biggest, perhaps exactly. the biggest newspaper in America. I mean, it just goes deeper and deeper than that. But I mean, just follow the money. I mean, that's all people have to do, really. Um, you know, it goes. You know, it's a whole history lesson. I mean, these people have all this influence, and that's why the media we never get an honest story anymore. You know, we only get opinions and biased pieces because um you know they have a narrative they're agenda driven they're they're one-dimensional and uh it's all about money right and and you know um but here's the good news rory right the good news is that many people are waking up right president trump will serve a second term he will serve a second term he will i am 100 percent positive of that yep january 6th january 6th is a big day yep are you going I think I am going to go, yes. You have to. The president asked you, Rory. You have to go. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I, I think I, think I, I, think I got to make a special flight over there uh, from Palm Springs. I think I definitely have to. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's agree. It's a story. I mean, this is, yeah, but as you were saying, though, I mean, this, this, is, this is huge. This is huge, Diana. Yeah, but I'm excited because w- when – he, he will get reelected too. You're right. He will. He, you know, he has been elected. He will be in office again for a second term. Um, you know, when, when I started this, say five years ago and literally have been on the ground, we had standouts, Rory, before the election. We, you know, people call them sine waves. We had some, sometimes I went to three a day where, you know, I, I was at at least one, two, sometimes three a day, every single day of the week for months, right? During the lockdown. Yeah. I never, I yeah. never thought that I would, I thought, you know, whatever I do now, 
the next generation will will see or, or the one after that. I never thought that I would see. Um, we're going to see a lot of things happen in 2021. Um, this country is going to take a, a huge turnaround, huge. Um, and I'm so thrilled that I'm able to see it in my lifetime. So me, there, me is, there is hope on the horizon. I agree. I agree. And I always love having you with us. Um, let's get you back very soon. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. So I'm still hanging on by a thread on Facebook. So you can find me at Diana Ploss, um, two N's, two S's. You can follow me on Twitter um, at Diana underscore Ploss. Um, I'm also putting stuff on the other uh, newer platforms, Parler, Rumble, Twitch. Um, I'm on YouTube. Um, so thank, thank you, Rory, and thank you to the listeners, and Merry Christmas. And I'll tell you right now, we got this, Rory. We got it. Absolutely, and Merry Christmas to you, and, and you know, your show is amazing. Keep up the great work, and let's try to collaborate on some media stuff in the near future. That'd be great. Thank you, Rory. Have a good night. You too. Merry Christmas. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, we'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. i got to take a quick commercial, but i got a lot more guests to get to. we got another hour left in the show. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. 
I tried cold turkey, I tried the patch, they didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. I do want to introduce to the show right now, I believe he's with us. We have presidential historian uh, James Lumley, good friend of mine. Welcome back, buddy. How are you? Happy holidays, Rory. Good to be back on the show. Man, it's really good to have you back, man. Uh, first and foremost, what's the 411? Obviously, you're still doing your show. You're doing a lot of great things. You're paying very close attention, obviously, to what we're facing in our current culture and society. Yeah, on one of our lovely lives recently, I had on Professor Jack Stanley from Chicago, and I wanted to uh, enlighten your listeners tonight to the uh, very controversial historical election of 1876, because uh, we, yeah. uh, we've we been there before. Of course, the, the and first controversial election... And I also want to remind election, people... Real quick, I want you. I want you to make this point, but also never forget about the Truman election. We and Gore. I mean, we've been, we've been, we've we've had this happen where they call it too early, and then it, you know, then something obviously happens where they find you know different sort of evidence. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no problem. Well, in the election of eighteen seventy six, you have uh, Governor Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican governor of Ohio, against the uh, the Democrat uh, Samuel Tilden, uh, governor of New York. Now. The uh, the election was was uh, very very close. Tilden, at the end of the election night, comes up with a slightly more uh, popular vote. The at the end of the night, the electoral vote is 184 to 165. Tilden's ahead, but he doesn't have enough electoral votes to to um, to clinch the uh, the presidency. So um, there was widespread voter fraud in. Four states, uh, Oregon, but especially in the South, in South Carolina, Louisiana, and Florida. And keep in mind, this is right after the the Civil War. This is uh, during Reconstruction. This is when uh, f- uh, there's four uh, million newly freed African American slaves who are now free and are voting. And the Democrats uh, perpetrated widespread voter fraud in these three Southern states. They disenfranchised uh, Black uh, Republican voters. Uh, they threatened black Republican voters and also white Republican voters, and it was an absolute uh, mess. It really was, and uh, and and because of course there wasn't enough, uh, neither candidate got enough electoral votes to win. It, per Article Two of the Constitution, it goes to the House of Representatives. So it gets to the House of Representatives, and this is now in, in the in January 1877. It's after Christmas, and keep in mind, uh, at least half of the members of the House. Of representatives on the floor are are wearing pistols strapped to their 
to their, to their belts. It was so contentious that they were taking their guns out of their holsters and pointing them at each other and threatening each other. At one point, uh, um, a Republican uh, told the speaker, Mr. Speaker, if, uh, if this Democrat uh, doesn't uh, stop talking, I'm going to make sure he, he doesn't ever talk again. So this was an incredibly contentious uh, election. It was so contentious that uh, for the first and only time in history, they decided to, instead of the House representatives deciding the president, they decided to throw it to a special commission. That commission had seven Republicans, seven Democrats, and one independent. And at the end of the day, uh, by the way, 81.8% of the eligible population voted in this election. It was around, it was incredible, 10 million Americans. Uh, of course, the country was a lot smaller at the time, and they decided to throw these uh, three contested states to Rutherford B. Hayes, giving him the magic number of 185 electoral votes for the promise, as the Great Compromise of 1877, that Hayes would would basically end Reconstruction. And, of course, by doing that, he pulled federal troops out of the South, and the Democrats went back up to their old tricks, which gave us 85 years of Jim Crow. Uh, the KKK, lynchings, Bull Connor, you name it. It's all history. But that was a very, very controversial election. But here's what's interesting. The, the paper at the time, the New York Times, actually said Samuel Tilden is the president. They would not recognize Rutherford B. Hayes. And the Democrat Party it was compromised of a lot of former Confederate soldiers at that time, Confederate soldiers, Confederate majors and generals, threatened that if Samuel Tilden is not put in the White House, we will start a militia. We will come to Washington, D.C., and we will personally install him in the White House. President uh, Ulysses S. Grant was concerned that he put Navy gunboats, stationed them along the Potomac River. <laughs> so so uh, uh, this was a very controversial presidential election, and we're seeing – uh, you know, it's, history has a fascinating way of repeating itself, doesn't it? It really does. And and James, I mean, you're you analyze this stuff perfectly. I mean, you know, you're, you're very on point. You're always on par. You're just you're you're just the you're a top notch dude who who pretty much is like a is like a book uh, in this in this realm. So I, what I want to know from you is how do you see January sixth playing out? I mean. You know, obviously you've done the studying. You, you've done, you know, you know what they're going to do. Pence is going to go on the floor. Um, he's going to see if it's a legit or not. Um, personally, I think Trump has certain things up his sleeve. I, I think there's, I think there's something going on. What are your thoughts? Well, Mike Pence is an honorable man. He uh, was more honorable than Richard Nixon. Let me tell you a story. In um, after the Kennedy Nixon uh, election of eight, uh, for 1960, of course, it was abundantly clear. The Democrats had stolen uh, votes in both Texas and Chicago. LBJ, the great, uh, you know, uh, the great Texan, made sure that a lot of, uh, you know, uh, illegals voted in in Southern Texas, and then in Daly helped uh, bring Chicago on board for Kennedy. So Nixon, keep this in mind. So now it's January 6, 1961, and this is on the on the floor of the House Joint Session of Congress. The electors voted. Kennedy has a slightly uh, higher number of electoral votes. Popular vote was razor thin. And Vice President Nixon, who later, you know, it turns out he had quite a corporate administration, but he he knew that he had been – the election basically had been stolen. But, you know, he he did the honorable thing, 
and he um, he went ahead and made sure that the election was certified for Kennedy. He he didn't he didn't um, want to split the country apart at that time, and and I actually that was that's probably one of Nixon's finest moments, and that and that actually happened at the same time. I think Pence will probably do the same thing. And what I, you know, I'm a registered independent. What I tell my Republican friends is, there's going to be another day to fight. Uh, you don't always win elections. Sometimes they're they're stolen from you. Uh, but you come back and you win again. And the brilliant thing about our Constitution, and James Madison and James Wilson, George Mason, the other uh, drafters of this great document in 1787, made sure that two years after a presidential election, there would be something called the midterm elections. And the midterms will come and that's for the House of Representatives, the People's House. And at that time, if you feel like uh, the president, the new president is overreaching within two years, you can uh, change that with uh, the midterm elections in the House of Representatives, which basically cuts off the purse strings of the president. I think it's a brilliant design. Our Constitution is not perfect, but it's, it's done pretty well over 233 years. Would you be so? What what do you would you be shocked if? I mean, what, what do you think? What do you th- do you think? Do you think Trump has a good case? I mean, look at all the widespread voter fraud. I mean, look at everything that's gone on. I mean, what do you think? Well, there was blatant, uh, there was blatant voter fraud. There were not, not only that. There, there were there were just four states that actually ignored their own election laws. You know, election laws are made by the legislature, and, and in Pennsylvania, how do we hold for example, them accountable? They, how, how come they're not being held accountable? It, 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 it's, I know it's frustrating for a lot of people. These, this is why these things go to our third branch, the court. Uh, and if, if um, well, what voters can do is they can, is they can regroup and come back for the, uh, for the next election. I think Pence will probably uh, – remember, he's a, he's a mainstream Republican. He has a lot of political life left, and I think he'll probably controversial uh, path. But I, I tend to, you know, you know me. I tend to look more at the historical perspective than the current political perspective. So it would not shock you. It would not shock you if Pence um, says this is not legitimate. Um, we're giving this to Donald Trump. No, that it, it would be. It would shock me. Actually, I think he'll probably do what Nixon did in, in uh, January of 1961, and and just uh, gracefully concede the election, even though there was voter fraud in the election. You know, Nixon clearly felt the election was stolen from him, and it was his election. And then, he, of course, he's the sitting vice president, vice president under Dwight D. Eisenhower. So I think Pence would probably take the more conservative, if you will, route, and that uh, he'll just uh, – him and other Republicans will just come back to fight another day. Uh, again, I, I don't like to get into too many predictions politically currently. I, I really enjoy hearkening back to these to these uh, other elections uh, like 1876 and 1800 was controversial. Jefferson, it went to the house and it took 36 ballots to give the election to Thomas Jefferson instead of Aaron Burr. And then of course the historic yeah. election of 1824 with Andrew Jackson and, and uh, John Quincy Adams and, uh, and Henry Clay, that was another bar burner also. Well, no, I, I do, I do, I do love all your history stuff and we're, we're going to have to see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I want to get you back here very soon. Um, you know, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas, J- um, James. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Yes, and we can still say Merry Christmas, uh, can't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on, Merry on, Christmas. Uh, on, on, you, on YouTube, we have our show, Jim Lumley Live, L-U-M-L-E-Y. On uh, Twitter, you can find me at Professor Potus and also on Facebook. 
I'm lo- absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to having you back and um, keep up the good work. And, uh, you know, thank you for all you do. And uh, you're, you're a, a strong wealth of information, and I, and I enjoy your show. Thank you, Roy. I enjoy yours. Pleasure. God bless. And happy uh, right, and man, Merry Christmas and happy New Year, my friend. All right. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. God bless. Uh, okay, I want to welcome on. to the show. I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have retired NYPD officer and popular lawyer, <laughs> Joe Murray. Joe, how are you? Hey, Rory. Great to be on the show. What a cast of uh, guests you had tonight. Fantastic. Just want to touch base yeah, real man. quick on two of them. At George Santos, I love that guy, and uh, he really, you know, I'm retired. Great guy. He belongs in there. He's he, he's for us, man. He's for the people. He's a real dude. I'm just so disappointed at what they did to him. You know, Yeah, look district, at the last second. All of a sudden, oh, he's leading. He's ready to be elected in there. Oh, and then what happens? The Democrats come out of left field and pull their bullshit stunts, man. It's disgusting. And, you know, early on, he knew this was coming and his team was looking for it. There was the first arrest in New York State uh, for this election cycle for voter fraud in his district. We knew it was coming. We knew they didn't want to lose this this district. Swazi was very vulnerable. uh, So we campaigned hard. And George really just pulled it together with uh, back in the blue and support for the cops. The cops have been demoralized. The police officers in New York City have just suffered so greatly. And that was one of the rallying points because all of this criminal justice reform, bail reform, releasing people from Rikers Island, uh, and then the attacks on the police officers with this diaphragm law, which which really incentivizes uh, suspects to now fight the police because they know if the police grab them around their waist or back, uh, they could be charged and sued civilly. So the, the police in New York have just suffered so greatly and when George came out, I mean, he came out real strong and real hard. Crime is on the rise here. So I knew his campaign would catch fire, and and I was really hoping he would come in strong in the end. Uh, but yeah. I'm so glad to hear he's going to run again. He's already making preparations. He's already gathering support. Tom Swazi, you're in trouble, brother. George Santos is coming back. I'm just, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading all these different headlines, and I, I mean, I'm just reading how our crime system is so, it's so messed up. And I, I just read an article today that Bloomberg, if, if Biden gets in there, little mini Mike Bloomberg wants Biden to sign an executive order on gun control. And I mean, Jesus Christ, Joe, this this, this could get really, really messy. You. You you guys do not want to go down this route. Millions of Americans no. are not just gonna. No, this is gonna. As a law enforcement officer, this is the last thing any cop wants to go to a door and deal with. Believe me. Exactly. I mean, you you hit it right on the head. Especially what we're dealing with right now with all this civil unrest. And I'll tell you, people are losing confidence in law enforcement, and not because of the actual officers. It's these leftists that are in control, the governors and mayors that are restraining them, pulling them back. They're preventing them from, like all those riots we had over the summer. It was insanity. The, the businesses are boarding up their their windows and the stores, the looting that was going on, and they were allowing it. This is 
dangerous because the call to arms is happening. People are going out to defend themselves now. They're arming themselves yeah. and they're, they're being prepared to defend themselves. I got to tell you, I went to both rallies in Washington and I saw a huge difference from the first rally, the first rally where you saw all those videos of the violence, these Antifa members attacking old people and women and children. Well, the yeah. next rally that came out, I got to tell you, like it was much more organized. And when I say organized, not so much by the police. There were so many like militia groups there doing security. You know, the Proud Boys were there in, in unbelievable numbers. They were there. They were organized. They were polite. They were posing for pictures with people. There was nothing racial about them. They were a mixed race group. I saw different uh, ethnicities and races within them. And they were rushing whenever they saw any uh, Antifa sightings. They were rushing to them, and they weren't beating them up. They were just, like, isolating them from the crowd. I was like, wow, this is incredible. You know, in New York, in New York City, we have Curtis Lewa and the Guardian Angels. And that's kind of the same feeling you have. These are civilians who, you know, go out there to do good. They, you know, they're not vigilantes in that they're trying to hurt people, that they're just there to keep the peace and help people be safe. Because at the time when Curtis started that, New York was crazy. It was out of control. It was a police officer in the city. I actually was on, I had one of my, my fixed posts was on 46th Street where the headquarters were. So I knew Curtis from back in the 80s. But the Proud Boys are getting such a, a bad rap. They're calling them racists and white nationalists. I don't see that at all. I think they're performing an invaluable service. I also uh, ran into another group that I just learned about. They're called the Three Percentives. You ever heard of them? No, I I was doing some research. You know, in 1776, when the the colonial uh, uh, soldiers got together, they're saying that it was actually just 3% of the colonists that were actually fighting the Revolutionary War, and these are the, you know, the the, the hard war dogs that, that did it. So, you know, I think this is just another, you know, civil civilian militia, and we saw them, but they were very organized and were setting up. Uh, some of them had weapons. We noticed one guy, he had like an axe handle, but they were there to fight Antifa. They weren't there because they're racist or white nationals. They're there to defend against Antifa. They were as outraged as everyone else watching those videos of women and children and old people being beat down. Uh, so I got to tell you, I have, was perfectly comfortable. I walked up and down the street with my girlfriend. We plan on going January 6th. The president has asked us to go. We're all going. So I, I really have a lot of faith in January 6th. I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, that, that truth will and justice will prevail. The, the rule of law will prevail. We cannot accept this compromised election. I, I don't understand people's logic. I was a little disappointed when George said, I hope President Trump runs in 2024. Why? Why give up the fight here? Why do you think it will be different? after the yeah. Biden-Harris uh, administration has, has tampered with it even further. I, I just think it's outrageous. We have to fight this year. We have to win this year. 
justice must prevail. The rule of law must prevail. And if the Supreme right. Court isn't going to, president has to invoke the Insurrection Act, so be it. It has to happen. I, I, Joe, Joe, I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent. And, you know, Joe, um, what, what are people going to do when the when cops keep resigning, when cops keep quitting, when cops don't want to do their job anymore? Because you, we look at what why cops get in the business. They do it because most of them want to help people. Sure, you have a you have a few bad apples, but majority of them are there to help people. And when they can't do their job properly anymore and they're, you know, really getting into harm's way, why the hell would they want to even, you know, be be associated with that. So what's really going to happen? How I look at it is like like you talked about Antifa versus Proud Boys. I mean, it's going to be civilians versus civilians at some point. If if these politicians want to keep dicking around with the police departments, exactly. And it's happening. I I, I talk to officers all the time, and they're just demoralized as, as what's happening, and their 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 security and safety is at risk. Uh, they have families, and it's not worth it anymore when you're under constant threat of being fired, arrested, sued. They're taking your rights away. There was uh, a big issue here, uh, uh, Civil Rights Law 50A, which protects confidentiality of personal information of officers. That's being stripped away. You know, this whole idea of doxing is another issue where people are just – you know, it happened in one of the uh, – I think in Wisconsin where they had those two um, uh, election certifiers that were going to certify the vote, and they just went after them. They were putting out uh, the address of their kids' schools. I mean, that's just outrageous. I mean, the stuff that's going on, that's actually my number one issue, this censorship that's happening with the media and shutting people down and not allowing people to talk. I, I fight with people every day on Facebook, and it's incredible. On my own page, I voice my support for the president, the candidate of my choice, and I have trollers and people coming from all over who just can't bear to hear me speak positively about the president, and they have to attack, attack, attack. But they don't know me. They don't understand. I don't give a hell about what what they think. I'm going to say what I want, say how I feel. This is America. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, um, we're dealing, Joe, we're dealing with something so, so insane right now. I I, I just, you know, I I pray for this country uh, every single day, Joe. I I really do. And, you know, we have a lot of um, things that we need to really be be aware of and, uh, you know, be cautious of. And, I mean, you know, obviously in other ways be excited for, but, um, you know, we are right. definitely in different times. Uh, Joe, um, what else is going on, though? What else is on your mind? A lot of stuff. You know, I, I like to see, you know, when Vicky Palladino was talking, uh, it's incredible this hysteria about you know we call them my girlfriend and i we because she ran into one recently we call them the vigilante mass social distance enforcers these people that just are, are in hysteria about mass and social distancing if you remember when this started it was a choice it was like hey wear a mask if you're going to be out or social distance then it became right. okay now you got to do both and now COVID is spiking even with that. 
People don't yeah. realize, and I see it. I'm out there I'm in, in, in the office, and I see people right. constantly adjusting their masks, touching their masks. And yeah. let's face it, how <laughs> many people are wearing the same mask every day? Now, if they're coming yeah. into contact with people and they're, they're you know, getting bacteria and, 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 you know, toxins on the mask and they keep touching it, or their hands, they're touching their hands, uh, they're driving in a car, you're shopping, you know, whatever you're doing, you're cross-contaminating on a regular basis. And people are wearing these masks, you know, all day and then sometimes for, for days. They're actually infecting people. I think this whole mask yep. thing is so stupid. It is so ridiculous. They kept telling me, don't go. Uh, if you're going to Washington, that's a super spreader. Yeah, my girlfriend and I both went to both of those events. No issue. I was at Vicky's Christmas party. There's over 3 million views of that video of the Christmas party. I was there with my girlfriend. It's two weeks ago. We don't have any symptoms. We don't know of anyone that did anything. We're all reasonable, responsible people. We wanted to go out and celebrate and have a good time, and we did. We did it. Uh, we did it responsibly, and nobody got sick. I mean, stop with the madness, with all this hysteria. I mean, don't you agree? I mean, it's just a little out of control. No, I agree. I agree. It is out of control. It's it's all about mind control. It's all about, you know, they don't, you know, it's not about caring about humanity. It's about them, put, you know, putting us under their chains. But, uh, Joe, I love having you with us, my friend. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect and get involved. Uh, always a pleasure, Rory. I really thank you. You helped me out during my campaign. I love what you're doing for everyone else. All these candidates are coming on. we got to get the word out. I'm on Twitter at, at Joe Murray for Queens. It's actually at Joe Murray Law. Uh, that's the address. I'm on Facebook, and I'm involved with this. Uh, the SBA, the Sergeant Benevolent Association, has this thing called InsideBlue360.com. It's a fantastic out, out, uh, out, uh, whatever you call it, out, um, outlet. I'm sorry, it's late, Lord Rory. I'm getting tired. But uh, it's fantastic. It gives law enforcement a voice, and you hear from real cops talking about real issues that are happening in New York City. It's fantastic. So you can check it out there. Thanks so much, though. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure. Um, I want to I want to introduce to the show. I believe we have with us political operative and strategist Corey Jones. Corey, how are you, man? Hey, Rory. How are you, man? Good, man. What's What's going on, man? It's been a while. How, how are things? What's the four one one? What's what, what What have you been up to? Well, um, you know, for me, I've sort of taken a little bit of a uh, break from the uh, political side of things the past couple of months. It's driving been, you, uh, it's driving you nuts, man. I, I mean, it, it got me mentally exhausted. I I had to take a couple week break too. That's why I was off air, man. I I mean, all the all the stimulation, all the all the back and forth, all the hundred different things to focus on. I mean, it's it, it it takes a lot, you know, out of your psychosis. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. It's been a very mentally draining year for all of us, but especially those who like understand, you know, the gravity and the weight of everything that's going on, and um, you know how far the country's fallen in the past couple of months, especially. But um, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, actually applying to law schools uh, the past couple of 
weeks, and that's been going good. So I've been able to take a break from the, you know, political world and focus more so on the, uh, you know, my future in that capacity. So, um, but no, I mean, it's, it's been okay. Um, you know, glad to see you back on the air. I think it's, uh, you know, good for us all to take a little bit of a break the next couple of weeks and really prepare for battle in 2021 because, um, Oh, gosh, you know, I have a bad feeling about it. I can't imagine a year being any worse than 2020, but uh, if Biden's in office, it's going to be worse. So just prepare for it. But, um, you know, I think uh, one thing that I've been paying attention to, which everyone's really, they're all talking about it right now, and that's the stimulus package, the COVID relief package. And really, the biggest it's not much joke on earth, and eat it. It's the biggest joke. I mean, I mean, I can't even believe it. And, and even Trump came out after and said that he wanted people to have 2000 a month rather than 600 And, you know, but there's so much more to the story. I mean, us giving money to foreign countries, all this crap. I mean, the, the best solution would just be get back to work. But go ahead. Sorry, Corey. No, you're good. Well, yeah, so it's it's you know, it's called a COVID relief package, but it's not much of a relief to the American people. It's a relief to foreign countries, it's a relief to the Kennedy Center. Dirty donors. You know, and a bunch of Exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, I, I will say I think um you know, looking at this relief package, it's interesting because as you stated, Trump actually he's been pushing for two thousand dollars. Um you know, for Americans through this COVID relief package for a couple of months now. And, you know, initially it was actually not Democrats in Congress that pushed him off of, you know, this, this sort of, um, you know, this sort of package. It was actually some of his aides in the white house that said, no, you shouldn't be spending that much money on COVID relief. And I think that's quite interesting because, you know, even in Trump's final days and I, you know, I am one who, you know, wishes that obviously Trump would have been reelected and, you know, all this voter fraud stuff has been terrible. But, you know, unfortunately, I've, I've kind of lost lost hope that anything's going to change. But, you know, I'll just say in Trump's final days and during his first term, hoping that he'll run in 2024, um, you know, he still has people around him in the White House who are trying to derail his presidency. Um, which is quite interesting. I mean, truly, I mean, he is, he's surrounded himself with a couple of good people, but mainly people in his ear and people in his administration are still working to destroy um, his presidency and they want to destroy his legacy. And that's, um, and you know, it, and like we, like we know, you know, these people will go to no ends to destroy Trump, even if it means keeping money out of the hands and out of the pockets of the American people right. in this, and, this and he's trying to, and, and Corey, Corey, right, right now he's threatening to veto it if they don't amend it with the two thousand, two thousand right. a month for uh, individuals and then four thousand a month for couples. So, um, but here's what's going to happen: he can veto it, but they may beat, they may beat his his veto because I think they have the votes to um, undo his veto or whatever you call it. So, because obviously we yeah. know that helping their helping their foreign interests and their dirty donors is more important than helping us. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really override. Good. I mean, override the veto. The word I was looking for was override. That's what that that was the word I was looking for. Override. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So that that's basically what what can happen. So the veto. You're, you're right. Trump is planning to veto it. 
but the House of Representatives would actually need two thirds of the vote in order to override President Trump's veto. And um, right. you know, I, I would have to look at the breakdown, but I'm pretty sure they would actually have the votes. Unfortunately, yeah. to override as it looks, that, as it looks now, as it looks now, they have the right. votes. If, they, if it was going to happen right. today, they would have the votes. And, and that's just, you know, that's just par for the course. You know, it's more. Focused. How sick is that, though, Corey? How sick is that in our own country? These people care more about helping third world citizens than us who have been battling this shit for the last year. Well, that's sort of, you know, I've, I've really been trying to talk about this for a long time, especially the past couple of months. I mean, we give so much money to foreign countries, even in the midst of a global pandemic where many people, especially working class uh, uh, individuals, small business owners in Democrat states who have their you know, companies shut down. I mean, they are barely holding on. And, um, you know, we're giving $500 million to Israel. Uh, we're giving over a billion dollars to Egypt, like $700 million to Sudan, another $500 million to Ukraine. We're giving money to Nepal, um, Asia, Pakistan, Cambodia, Burma. I mean, we are giving to uh, third world countries all across the world. We're giving to countries who, um, um, you know, are, who are responsible for horrific terroristic attacks in the Middle East on their citizens and citizens of other countries who've cursed our country. Who, like in the case of Israel, um, you know, why are we giving five hundred million dollars to Israel, the country that sells, you know, our uh, intelligence to China, the country that spies. You know, puts um, puts cameras in the White House and things of that nature, and all these different types of reports of Israel. Um, you know, why are we giving why, why are we giving this much money to these countries? I mean, what is what is um, what is this doing to put our country first? And as someone who believes in you know this America first um, ideology, which I do, I mean, I, I just it just pains me to see. You know, it's like. Even Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio, the other day, you sent a tweet on Twitter about two weeks ago talking about it. He wants to give the Israeli government another three or four billion dollars in their defense budget. It's like, okay, well, good for Israel, but what about us? You know, what about our people? Um, I'm so tired right. of seeing our politicians hand over money to foreign countries, and they're doing nothing to uh, preserve, you know, and fight for the interests of our country. I mean, it's like. I guess the only way that I would be able to to have my representatives in the United States work for my interests is if I moved to Israel, right, or to Egypt or to some other foreign country. Then maybe they would care about yeah. it. Yeah, it's America. It's like, it's like not even it's not even America first. It's like Israel first, or Egypt first, or you know all these other countries first. I mean, it's like the money they get from us. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Right. And, you know, I was I spoke out against this a couple of days ago and I had someone say, you know, why do you uh, not believe in Israel's right to exist? I was like, hold on a second. You know, I'm a Christian. I believe in you know, protecting God's people and stuff. But the Israeli government is different than it, the oh, Israeli and that's when people. I get upset, and that's when I get upset, too. Corey, I know right. where you're going with this. Like when you when you, <laughs> we try to criticize their corrupt government, you know, we, they try to label us anti-Semitic. Like we, we can't even say anything about their flaws or, or what they do wrong or the th- things they do behind the scenes without getting backlash. It's almost like they're off limits. They're exempt from criticism. Uh, exactly, exactly. And so, um, you know, I just have to remind people, hey, you know, the, Israel as, as a independent nation state, 
was founded in 1948. I mean, I support the right of the Israeli people to exist in whatever capacity they would like to. What I don't support is American politicians putting the interests of foreign nations above the interests of the United States. Because, you know, there was a great quote by Russell Kirk. And he actually said that the problem with many of neoconservatives is that they think the capital of the United States is Tel Aviv. And I think that speaks directly to the issue that we're having right now. And it's not just Israel. I mean, Israel is really the – it's primarily the country that you see a lot of you know, politicians who, are, who really are, are, are doing what they're doing because of lobby, lobbyists and special interests and stuff like that. But um, you know, it's not just Israel. Like you said, it's other countries in the Middle East. It's other third world countries, countries that do nothing to contribute to our nation. Um, and it's just a terrible thing to see. And it's, and really, I mean, I just, I wish people in the country would have seen this, especially the people who voted for Joe Biden, you know, that, um, you know, these people don't care about you, man. I mean, they just took your votes a month ago, and now they're voting to give you less money um, than they did last time, quite frankly, I think, at least. And, it, you know, I, I saw, I was thinking about this um, also, you know, back in 2017, around around this time, actually, in 2017, President Trump passed the, you know, the tax cuts, and he put, you know, $1,000 or more in the pockets of, you know, the middle class because of these tax cuts. And it was Nancy Pelosi who actually called those tax cuts crumbs, you know, and now she's giving people $600, which is less than what people got from the tax cuts. Um, now she's calling that, you know, sufficient, right? I mean, that's that's really um, something incredible, and we need, especially people in blue uh, uh, Democrat states and cities. They need the money now more than ever. These small businesses are suffocating from the chokehold of Bill De Blasio, you know, and Governor Newsom, and all these terrible, terrible, hypocritical, just douchebags. Excuse my <laughs> crude language there. No, I hear you, dude. They're out. They're out doing what they're forbidding other people, um, you know, to do. It's just disgusting. And, um, you know, quite frankly, we have to stand up and do something about it. And unfortunately, I'm not too happy with the Republican leadership. I mean, we need to primary all of the Republicans, quite frankly, in Congress is what I think, because um, these people aren't doing anything to fight for us. They're not doing anything to fight for a president amidst truly, truly the greatest greatest amount of widespread voter fraud we've ever seen in the history of our country and many republicans won't even say a word about it you know they got their money they got their re-election now they're letting trump just die by himself and so we and and you know what without trump the republicans would have lost congress a long time ago i mean the republican party was going down the toilets before trump came in i mean this was the party of mitt romney and john mccain the party um, you know, they got destroyed by Obama in 2008 and 2012, and, um, you know, and Trump resurrected the party because he actually spoke to the heart of what was going on in our country. And unfortunately, we have people that are leading the party right now, guys like Charlie Kirk, um, guys like Marco Rubio. You know, these are the people that are the face of the Republican Party nowadays, and they're not conservatives. They're not conservatives at all. And it just pains me to see so many people put their money and put their influence and resources behind people like this when all that they're doing is just destroying and bastardizing conservatism. And it's just it's just sad to see. And, you know, I was actually speaking of Charlie Kirk, you know, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a popular organization amongst many conservatives, but 
they were actually holding a conference this past week. It's like a, it's a high school conference. It's a conference for high school conservatives and also early college conservatives. And Charlie Kirk, you know, this guy, um, he actually brought up models from a energy drink company called Bang Energy. If you know anything about Bang Energy, what they do is they pay Instagram models to post sexually explicit content and, you know, and basically just promote their drink. And so Charlie Kirk, the conservative, you know, the guy that cares about good Christian values, Charlie Kirk, he brings these girls up there and they shoot $1 bills with a cash cannon into the crowd of these young, impressionable, you know, students. And so what is, you know, what, what's going on here? How is that conservative? How is that preserving you know, conservative values in any form or capacity. I mean, for goodness sakes, the Turning Point Conference last week looked like a strip club. That's basically what it was. You have all these girls in tight shorts up there dancing and shooting uh, dollar bills out into a crowd of young, impressionable teenagers. And I'm sitting there watching this. I see some people that I went to school with, actually, and they're involved with, with this nonsense. It's like, what are you guys doing? You know, it's like these are young kids. These are people that are looking to be a part of a conservative group. And you guys are behaving more like liberals than liberals are. I saw this tweet the other day. It's like with conservatives like Charlie Kirk, who needs liberals? It's it's true, though. Um, You know, and that's that's just how I feel about it. It's truly sad to see. And I can't wait for Turning Point USA to to finally get what it deserves, man. I mean, they have – think about this for a second. Uh, remember, Charlie Kirk actually opposed President Trump in 2016. In fact, he called yeah, he did. He, for yeah, the Republican he, he, Party. Yeah. They would had a lot of problems, and yeah, Charlie Kirk did oppose him. I remember he supported a – he wanted a Rubio and Cruz ticket. Yep, he wanted a Rubio and Cruz ticket, and this wasn't back he's, in 2015. This he's was an in opportunist. He, he saw Trump was the nominee, and then he jumped on a wagon, then he got – he built a brand, and then he capitalized, and then he, you know, I mean, just a two-faced scumbag back, you know, just the, the backstabbing type. That's exactly right. You know, Charlie Kirk was against Trump until he knew that it was profitable to be for him. And guess what? True. Guess what? After after Trump actually opened the door, and this was – Trump shouldn't have done this. Trump should have never involved himself with Charlie Kirk because Charlie Kirk – has liberalized Trump's agenda to a certain degree. I mean, think about yeah. the fall of 2015. In the fall of 2015, Trump was calling for Muslim bans, you know. And in the uh, in his uh, speech, his State of the Union address in 2017, Trump was calling for more immigration than ever before. And we've seen a sort of sort of a shift. I love Trump, and I think he's been a great Muslim. But you know, he some of his agenda has actually become a little bit less conservative the more that he's opened his door to Charlie Kirk and Jared Kushner. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I agree, Corey, 100% that Charlie Kirk is a bad influence. There's a lot of people in Trump's cabinet that don't belong there. And sometimes I wonder why he even surrounds himself with some of these uh, organizations or people. But uh, we do have to go. I got to close the show in about a minute, but tell everybody where they can find you real quick. Sure. Yeah. You can find me on parlor at Corey Jones and on Twitter at the Corey and spell my name C O R E Y. Perfect. Perfect. My friend always love having you on. We'll have you on again soon. Merry Christmas. Uh, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, it's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all my guests, my audience, my co-hosts and sponsors. 
Uh, we will see you all uh, very soon. Until then, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Merry Christmas. Much love. Cheers. <laughs>